Hey, this is Ken Finnett at Capital Advantage Tutoring. It's my job to get you past the Series 7 exam. So today we're talking about communications with the public and other institutions. So let's get going. Okay, when you're talking to the public and verbal, there's, you know, there's rules, you have to be fair and all that. But this is all about written communications with the public. Tax, ma tax message, emails, regular mail, skywriting, billboards, advertising, whatever it is, when you're communicating stuff to outside your firm, there are standards you have to follow. So first of all, think of it this way. You have to make sure that it's fair and balanced and because you're saying you're going to give the good, you should give the bad with it. You can't take false, exaggerated, or missing, misleading claims. Again, it's all about being clear and balanced and understand your audience, okay? So you have to understand that if you're talking to retail, don't use super complicated words. And if you're talking to institution, yeah, you can start using some more like industry terms and stuff like that, where if it's grandma and grandpa, you probably should be speaking in normal English. No predicting the future. You can't predict the future or project performance. That is just a thing. And you have to also tell them that past performance does not indicate future. So th that's a big one, okay? Let's go. So there are three main types of communication to the public. There's correspondence. It used to be like a bunch. Communica correspondence, institutional communications, and then retail. So let's think about this. So correspondence is pretty much going to be, if you're sending any correspondence out to 25 or less people in 30-day period. So if you send an email once a day for 30 days, well, that you've hit 30 people, you're over that number. So if you send an email, the same email out to 25 people over a month, then it's correspondence, emails, texts, whatever it is, letters. That's correspondence. And let's just cover that. That does not have to be pre-approved. We'll come back to that. But again, correspondence, if I die after this, just remember, correspondence does not need to be pre-approved. You do have to review this stuff. The principal, the 910, the 24 has to review this stuff, but there's not pre-approval. Institutional is when you're sending stuff to institutions, banks, insurance companies, investment companies, um, hedge funds, broker dealers, benefit plans, government entities, or people representing those, that's called institutional. And again, we have to make sure that it's not being sent to them and then to retail. So normally what we do is you put a legend on it or some sort of water stamp saying for institutional use only. So this way, they we kind of take the the mantle off of us and put it on them, that we're sending it to you under the assumption that you will only share it with other institutions, not retail clients. So that kind of doesn't totally save us, but that's kind of what we do now. Also, if you're sending it to an institution and you think they're going to send it to retail, then you have to treat it like retail and get it pre-approved. So let's build to that. Retail communications is if you're sending it to more than 25, not 25 or more, more than 25. So 26 or more retail investors in a 30-day period. That's television, radio, billboards, magazines, newspapers, websites, forums, chat rooms, blogs, social networking, sales scripts, telemarketing, independently repaired reprints that are sent to more than 25 people. An independently repaired reprint. Wow, I can't say that. Independently prepared reprint is like a newspaper or magazine article that we reprint. If we're going to send it to more than 25 people, it is considered retail communication. So those are the three main ones. We're going to dig deeper. Correspondence to 25 or less people in a 30-day period. 
institutional to um, only institutions. We already went to the broker dealers, hedge funds, stuff like that. And then retail, you're sending it to more than 25 retail people in a 30-day period. Correspondence and institution don't really have to be pre-approved. There has to be training in place, place and it's going to be reviewed. Retail, for the most part, must be pre-approved. If it has to do with investing and stuff like that, it has to be pre-approved. If it's like, hey, we're moving our offices from A to B, then don't worry about it. So the email and instant message thing, I mean, it used to be a bigger deal. Now they kind of got a handle on it because they're just saying, if we can't track it, you can't use it. So like social media, like Facebook, um, Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok, Instagram, all that stuff, you know, YouTube. If they, if the company can't monitor it, then they're going to tell you, you can't use it for business. Yes. If you have a personal YouTube or person like I do, you have a personal thing or something outside. That's fine. That's not what they're talking about. They're talking about using it for business, making recommendations and stuff like that. LinkedIn, a lot of times firms will not allow you to use it because they can't monitor. If they can monitor it, then you can use it and you still have to follow the basic rules of fair dealing. Mm -hmm. So just so you understand that when we're talking about like communications, retail, the retail has to be pre-approved. We know that. But the correspondent institutional, it's not just a free-for-all where we just get to put out wherever we want. There has to be training and reviews and there has to be file where we put it all. So it is tracked. So this way, if we are going to, if we get audited or anything, we have a say, oh, these are, this is what we have. This is how much of the correspondence we read. So think about this way. If you're doing emails and IMs, your firm, they're reading emails. You're not reading every one of them. Who has time? Like when I read the emails from my firm, I have like 10 people, right? Maybe 15, depending on which firm we're talking about. Um, it's like 5,000 emails. Every time I look every month, it's 5,000 emails. It's insane. I can't, and that's only like 5%. So I can't read all them. So that you just supposed to grab a certain percentage and have keywords. And the principal is, or someone who's assigned as the reviewer has to review the emails and IMs and all that and goes through them to look for any problems. So again, it's not a free-for-all where you're just institutional and correspondence, you do what you want. You still get trained, you still have to do the right thing. We're just not getting pre-approval. And that's the thing. Retail communication is required to have pre-approval by either Series 24 or 910, or even a supervisory analyst if it pertains to that. If it's options, it's going to be Series 4. There are certain retail communications that don't require principal pre-approval. Kind of makes sense, though. Basically, another firm has already filed the communications with FINRA, and it hasn't been really altered. That makes sense. It's been filed and altered. Okay. Not altered. So under certain circumstances, retail communications doesn't need to be principal pre-approval. One, if it's done by another, if it's filed by another firm with FINRA and it hasn't really been changed, then figure it's already been filed and pre-approved by someone, so we're good. If it was social media, so online interactive. So if you see the word interactive, it does not need to be pre-approved. That's like a chat room or something like that where it's back and forth. If you see static, then you know you have to be pre-approved. Interactive means it's back and forth. It's like a public appearance. We can't control the back and forth, so we just have to monitor it and do that. So it doesn't need pre-approval. Communication that does not make a financial or investment recommendation. Again, like I said before, that's like if, if I announce that we're changing our logo or moving our office or moving this or moving that, that doesn't need to be pre-approved. It's not a research report. It's not a recommendation. It's just facts. It has to be recorded. It is retail, but it doesn't not need to be approved. Okay, so let's talk about the filing with FINRA crap because everyone seems to have a problem with this. 
for the most part, only advertising and retail communications in the first year of business, everything has to be filed. So your first broker dealer's year of business, not your year of business, the broker dealer's first year of business, they have to file every all the retail and communicate retail communications with FINRA. After the first year, that goes away. It's only because you're new and you want to make sure that you're not fucking up. Okay. Now, ongoing, there are certain things that do need to be filed either 10 days before or 10 days after. Remember something. It's not approved by FINRA, just filed. Okay. It's just filed. They're not approving it or disproving it. They're just, you're filing with them. They don't have an issue with the form you're doing it at, and then you can do it. So again, if you pre-file, you have to do it to file 10 days before your first use, and then they have to, it has to be accepted by FINRA, and then you can start using it. Okay. If a firm has had disciplinary issues, they may require them to file their communications. But again, that's a one-off, and it would be pretty clear that, oh, they did this, and FINRA has told them to do it, then you have to do it. Other than that, let's make sure we got this. Shit does not need to be filed with FINRA unless it's the first year or it's investment companies, futures, or bond, bond mutual funds. <clears throat> so I will repeat that. Nothing gets filed with FINRA other than the first year or what I'm about to go through. If it's an investment company, think mutual funds, where they have rankings or comparisons that were created by the mutual fund themselves, which is kind of wonky, right? That's one. If it's on securities futures or bond mutual funds that have volatility ranks, those three things have to be filed 10 days before. In my mind, the way I remember it is mutual funds and futures have to be filed before if they have rankings. It's not exact, but it's the way I remember it. The next one is these have to be filed after, within 10 days of being published. So you publish it, and then you just send a notification to FINRA saying, hey, we've done this. Mutual fund stuff, investment companies that don't have rankings. So this is mutual funds, closed-end funds, ETFs, UITs, and variable products are sent to FINRA within 10 days of first use, as long as they don't have self-created rankings. DPPs, CMOs, and derivatives, which is pretty much options and ETN. Okay, so now we're going a little deeper. If you're doing television or video retail, if you've filed the script, then you have to file the filmed version within 10 days of being a broke. When you file this, again, some of this stuff is deep. I'm just putting it in here. If you file it with FINRA, you have to put the name, title, and the CRD, CRD number of their principal who approved it, along with the date the approval was given. Now, all written and electronic communications that are created by a member firm are subject to a spot check. That is where they look at four, five, six, 10% of all the communications, emails, IMs, and a principal does it and reviews it after the fact. Okay. So let's go to the things that will not have to be filed with FINRA at all. Correspondence and institutional, boom, doesn't. Okay, retail communication that has already been filed with FINRA and hasn't been changed. Retail communications that have don't make a financial or investment recommendation, recruitment. Oh, so let's talk about that. If you see the word blind ad, what they're talking about, that doesn't have to be filed. It does have, It is retail, but it doesn't have to be filed with FINRA or pre-approved. What that is, is like saying, oh, we're looking for trying to hire someone. So we're going to say a mid-sized broker dealer is looking for blah, blah, blah. So you're not putting your broker dealer's name on their advertising. That's a blind ad. Totally fine. If it has to do with not basically broker dealer, changing your name, personnel, address, ownership, all that stuff does not have to be filed. 
basically, if it's advertising to do with mergers and acquisitions, again, do you see the theme that you're not making recommendations to individuals, okay? Um, tombstones. Tombstone ads do not need to be filed, okay? Prospectuses do not have to be filed because the assumption is that both of those things have been filed with the SEC already. Press releases just to the media we don't have to file. A reprint of an article does not have to be filed. And basically, if you're just giving a list of products that we do, that's not, that's again, doesn't have to be filed. Again, and I say the word again, again, and again, and again. If it has nothing to do with giving recommendations to a retail, lean toward not filing. Because think about it, if I'm telling you where that have changed offices or that it's basically just changing my numbers or all that stuff, that's not investment related. That's just, hey, I'm giving you some information. Okay, this may not, we're not going to be about filing this or not, but everyone worries about an emitting prospectus. So an emitting prospectus is pretty much only for mutual fund prospectuses where you're taking out some of the extra stuff or summarizing it. That's called an emitting prospectus, Okay. There are a lot of rules that go with it, what you can and can't do, not your exam. You just need to know that omitting prospectus, an omitting prospectus is allowed to be published if it omits parts or summarizes part of the statutory prospectus. But it's basically, if they can't have an application to invest with it, okay? And it kind of has to go with the prospectus. You can't just send it by itself and not the prospectus. You can't say, oh, here's the omitting and please invest. You can't ask that unless they actually have their real prospectus. Okay, performance information has, to, this is where you're gonna get tested. How long back do you have to show? You can't just show like cherry pick and do a couple months. You have to show at least a year, or if you've been open, for, if the mutual fund has been open for at least five years, one in five years. And then if it's been open for at least 10 years, it's one, five, and 10 years. So again, it's either one year, one in five, or one, five, and 10 if you've been open that long as a mutual fund. Once the investment company is declared effective, you can use written sales materials that accompany the prospectus, things to sell. But what it can't be is you have to make sure that this is like television, radio, internet shit, okay? You have to make sure that it's not misleading. It's not untrue. It doesn't omit material facts. If it gives performance, again, one, five, and 10 years, you have to give back. You have to have statements about the characteristics of the investment company. You have to make sure that they're not misleading. You can't have a misleading fund name. If you call the stock fund, you have to have 80% in stocks. If it's a bond fund, 80% in bonds, the name of the fund needs to be named, be a primary force, which is 80% of it. You can't be misleading in the name. Like you can't do a bond fund and then it's all stocks. I mean, that doesn't work, okay? Um, you can't have any names that like make it sound like everything's guaranteed or by the government or been approved by the government. You can't say anything's guaranteed insured or anything like, oh, it's federal government asset thing. You can't do that. It has to basically be generic enough that you can know what it's going to do. Like a tax exempt fund must have at least 80% of its assets in tax exempt investments. But you can't say the government fund, right? That kind of thing. You can't do that because then it sounds like you're the government. Okay. So everyone who gave up already and left my video is not going to get my magic chart. There's going to be a nice little chart that you write down just to practice and get it down so you remember the 80% of the communications questions. So here it is. So this all boiled down to the one thing. No pre-approval, just spot checks for correspondence or institutional communications. Pre-approval is required for retail communications if it's sent to more than 25 retail investors. Now, again, it's not filed with FINRA unless 
It's on an investment company, which is like mutual funds, ETFs, and stuff like that. CMOs, options, futures, DPPs. It's either going to be 10 days before if there's self-created rankings or within 10 days if it doesn't have that. And that is it. So that's part one. And I'll try to get part two out pretty soon. Good luck with this. We're going to nail it.